You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Nautilus Reclassify podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, including anchor.fm slash NEC podcast. So today in the podcast, I have Jacqueline Taylor. Jacqueline is an instructor from the Chicago area, and she reached out to me wanting to pick my brain. So this podcast is more of an interview for me. <laughs> so Jacqueline takes over as the host of the Not Also Classified podcast for today. So without further ado, here is an interview with me by Jacqueline Taylor. Enjoy. So welcome everybody to this impromptu uh, podcast episode. Uh, the reason why I say impromptu because I have a special guest. Everybody's a special guest, but this one is definitely unique. Uh, today on the podcast, I have <laughs> Jacqueline Taylor on the podcast. Uh, believe it or not, this is our first time ever chatting. So I love when I do a podcast or when I talk to somebody and it's the first time because uh, whenever a new conversation starts, there's always some type of energy that needs to be captured. And it's always within the first meeting. Usually in the second time, it's ah, it's okay. And then it kind of tapers off. But the first meeting it always is the most engaging and the most energetic. So I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Uh, Jacqueline, how are you today? I am doing well, Brian. Thank you for having me. The The way we connected was uh, you reached out to me on LinkedIn, and I guess I think that's how we connected. You listened to the podcast, and you wanted to pick my brain. <laughs> and um, I, I love when people pick my brain because I, I'm more than willing to you know, give out whatever information I have that's in my brain. And uh, I normally when people come to me and it's usually over a phone call and I, I every time I do it and we talk about it, I'm like, you know what? This would have been a great episode. So I took the initiative and I said, hey, you can pick my brain if you be, if you get on the podcast episode. She's like, OK, <laughs> you're one of the first people or you're the first person to have done this. So I'm, I'm glad uh, to have you on. So this will be a very. uh special podcast format and so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna we're gonna of course learn who uh jacqueline is today she's gonna share who she is but then she has questions for me uh especially in amidst the uh covid uh pandemic and we're gonna talk about some of the questions that she has uh for me i guess uh, with my background in education background in virtual speaking uh, especially in this online environment, we're going to just kind of have a quick chat on some of these topics that she just sent me like a few minutes ago before, <laughs> before this podcast episode, which is good uh, because I love when um, 
when things are not scripted. Uh, so it means the answer I give you is is really just what comes off the top of my head. Uh, so first things first, let's start off with our opening question. Again, thank you, Jacqueline, for being on today. Uh, where did you come from and how did you get to where you're at today? Sure. Uh, so originally, you know, I have had grand aspirations of being a medical doctor, went to uh, school for pre-med. And, um, you know, I, I got out and, you know, uh, kind of touched different fields and um, topics. And I landed, started working in medical billing and coding. And, uh, you know, I started there. I worked my way up through revenue cycle management and now currently have my own company and I do uh, independent consulting. And I also am an instructor uh, for a college here in Chicago. And uh, it's just been, I've been in this field for about 13 years now, and it's just been a progressive development until the point that I am here today. So um, right now, my main focus is on education and building and um, connecting people and preparing people for careers in this field. Um, I've uh, realized, you know, the success that you can have in this career field. Um, I've, you know, done just about every type of job <laughs> that covers a patient financial services cycle, health information management uh, style. And, um, you know, over the years, everything that I've learned has just been an accumulation and uh, brought me to where I am today and made it possible for me to reach out to others and uh, teach and connect people in this, um, you know, HIM environment. So that's kind of just my background story there. But yeah, this is how this is how I got here on your podcast today. <laughs> One question I do have for you before you start picking my brain is um, you mentioned you have a, I guess, a wide variety of background in terms of medical coding. I see here revenue cycle, all of these things on your LinkedIn page. Uh, what drew you to uh, education? So I, I think this is one of these kind of natural things that I have, you know, it started, you know, number one, I have children, I love teaching children. And, you know, I teach piano, and it's kind of oh. something that's just kind of ingrained in my person to be a teacher, and I, I enjoy it. You know, um, I've had the question on several interviews as an educator, what's the worst part that, you know, what's, what's something you don't like about teaching? And usually the right question is you don't like grading things. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. Is. You don't like grading anything. Mm -hmm. But even that, you know, looking at um, what I can do to enhance someone's knowledge and what I can do to teach them to be better, even grading papers. You know, I enjoy everything about it and I'm passionate about, um, you know, leaving uh, something for the next generation to um, learn and, and, and grow, you know, it's more, so something I actually, um, really care about and it's kind of just ingrained in who I am, you know, it wasn't necessarily, I kind of fell into it, um, with just an opportunity and a company actually reached out to me, yeah. um, and saw my background and, you know, and you do a lot of teaching when you do consulting and when you have teams under you and, you know, it just, it starts there and then it's just grown until I've become, an actual instructor and have been just full-time um, 
teaching in that capacity. So um, yeah, that's pretty much how I, I, I got here. It's just uh, something that I enjoy, something I feel passionate about. Yeah, I have a, you know, my, my early in my career, uh, and I don't want to repeat myself, but but early on in my career, as soon as I got my RHIA, I got the same way. I was asked to uh, to teach uh, by a local university, and I'm like, really? So, <laughs> like, why, why asking me? I just I just got my RHIA, you know. And uh, yeah. luckily, this is where networking comes into play. The uh, the um, the director of that of the institution that they came to me was actually the director of my HIM program in college when she when she when I first started. So when I got in, she actually had left and then she found herself into another institution. And then I stepped into that institution trying to think after I graduated, like, you know, do I do I need another degree? So I actually just went into that school and um, I just just to just to check it out and they saw that my um on the application or whatever i think they just put in something rhia and then the institution said you know what we need an instructor you have an rhia for our, our associates program because in order for you to do a bachelor's you have to have a master's so if you have a bachelor's you can teach for an associate's um, and lo and behold, I walk in the office and I'm like, hey, I know you. <laughs> and so it, was pretty, it was pretty easy. Uh, my next point was, um, you know, teaching, I think, is, is a good foundation for every professional. I think just just you have to have the ability to teach. One thing you mentioned is that you like teaching children. I have three children. The, and every time um, I say the best way of teaching management is through family management. <laughs> That's where it starts, yeah. <laughs> yes. I said, if you can manage your family, you can manage a department. And everything correlates within the family. You have to have a system set up. You have to make sure they work. You have to make sure they're educated. You have to problem solve. And family man- like managing a family is is the best correlation, the best learning tool that you can have in terms of management. Um, you mentioned piano. I actually taught my. I played piano for eight years, uh, and yeah, and and I stopped. I stopped for eight years. I stopped my senior year. I just got tired of it. But you know, I was in band. I had the basics. I you know I had the formal classes and everything. And so when my my eldest daughter turned 10. That's because that's when I started piano. I said, you know what? Let's go ahead and get you started. And um, and I gave her some books. And I think if you can read, as far as a child can read and comprehend, you can start to learn music theory. And mm-hmm. I, I bought her some books. And um, I said, you know what? Let's let's do this on a really relaxed environment. <laughs> because if I if I give you if I teach you the way I was taught, you're gonna start to cry. <laughs> You know, and and so I figured that the basics that you need in terms of learning piano are are either well, yes, the theory because she doesn't know what all the you know all the signs and the the crescendo, the decrescendo, the forte, the pianissimo, pianissimo, all of those things. What is the curvy line that goes on there? What is staccato? All of those little things that she doesn't know. So I have to give her those type of things. But if you, I know we're we're just going into music, but. Uh, if I told her the bare minimum in terms of learning piano, you have to learn scales and you have to learn chords. 
That's it. So I gave her. I don't know if you've, if, if, since you've known the Hannon. Have you? Do you have the Hannon? No. Hannon. Hannon. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a brown book. Hold on, hold on. I use Alfred's. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. that yes, one? I've seen it. I I like Alfred. Okay, that book. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that book, that book's a killer because the la- before I, I retired from taking piano lessons, this was the book that I was drilled on. Uh, so yeah. that is the fa- that, that's the book. Like I look in the book here and um, I'm looking at dates that my piano teacher assigned, which, by the way, I'm connected to her um, to her son on Facebook. And I keep on asking, how's how's Mrs. Donaldson? <laughs> how's she doing? <laughs> and, the, and the last thing that I have here, gosh. 1996 so that was was really long ago when i (laughs) and i gave her that i gave her that book i have all of these piano books and i gave that to her uh for her to learn on her own anyways where were we (laughs) anyway so the so yes so you mentioned piano you mentioned uh family i mentioned teaching is is a great foundation so if you have the teaching foundation i think you can go into consulting so easily you can speak so much easier because you're you're engulfed in that environment of teaching students and when i taught students i taught and i I think i mentioned this before in a previous podcast i teach in a way that if if i was a student how should i have been taught that you know or what's a bit what's a better way or a different angle that i that i could have received that information so i can understand that better all right so that's yeah go ahead and they do say, you know, um, you you know that you're really understanding, comprehending something when you can explain it to a six year old. That's it, right? That's- so, yeah, no, that you're correct. So when I so uh, especially in my Facebook groups, the Medical Coding Geeks Facebook group, what mm-hmm. what I try to 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 make them do is explain their way out. You know, explain the problem to me, not just present the problem. Here's the problem. What's the answer? Tell me what the problem is and kind of explain what your process is and how you got that answer. Explain to me why you're having trouble and explain to me what you did up until a certain point that you got stuck. And a lot of people can't do that. Some people like, you know, I I try to it's called the uh, what was it called? I called it. I work with the Socratic method where you question your way through a problem. You ask questions, you ask questions. A lot of people are like, why are you asking me a question? I'm asking you a question. And, <laughs> and so some people don't really. Yeah. yeah. And they get they get really uh, rattled by that. And um, I know stu- some students who kind of like, OK, I, I'm not going to ask the question. Never mind. I don't need the answer anymore or or I'll just figure it out on my own. I said, well, that's not the point. I'm trying to help you out. So there's there's different ways of uh, of teaching, you know, uh, students, but especially on the online environment, it's it's different, you know, and and trying to engage in, with students on a Facebook group. It's it's not like the, the actual teaching environment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have questions for me. Uh, so let's jump into that. Um which uh, you sent to me two hours ago (laughs) while I was (laughs) was doing something. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we're going to flip this around. You're going to be the interviewer. And I'm going to be the interviewee (laughs) on my podcast. So you become the uh, designated host of the Not Also Classified for today. And I'll answer just really off the top of my head. And then we'll just have a discussion about that. So I'm going to turn it to you 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Let's take a moment for a quick break. Hello, everybody. I want to thank you for listening, but I do want to take a quick moment to promote our partners who help support the podcast. Do you want to know who supports our podcast? You can go to our website, medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. From there, you could find a list of our partners who help support the podcast, including the Haugen Consulting Group, Project Resume, RadRx, Findacode, accessadoctor.com, ZipRecruiter, and so much more. So again, please support the podcast. We're doing great things. We want to expand, but please go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. And now back to our show. So, um, I work with a uh, trade, a a vocational technical school. And, you know, before uh, COVID-19, there were no online classes with this school. So it was kind of all of the teachers, all of the staff, all of the students were kind of thrown into this online climate. And it was a lot of work trying to uh, scramble and organize because, you know, at this school, you know, technically students didn't even need a computer. They had computer labs they could work at. They had computers in class that they could do their assignments. All of their books were there. You know, it's even been a struggle getting books to students. And I know you know how heavy those ICD-10 CBT textbooks are. You know, students are having to come one by one grab their books, um, take them home. And, you know, we're in the climate explaining billing and coding in those books. And we can't touch the books, books with our students. We can't show them. This is the category. This is the subcategory. You know, these are exclude notes. We're not able to necessarily do that now. Um, a lot of, uh, students are, um, having a, a hard time, you know, really grasping concepts that would be easier for them with class instruction, you know, and also they don't, have the confidence, I would say, to, you know, uh, speak up as much in class, you know, um, because of the virtual environment. And so I think it's just a lot going on. And I I really want your, and, you know, with um, things as a previous educator and, you know, um, with this uh, virtual, all of a sudden climate change within the field, what what do you think is the important uh, focus for educators to make sure sure that their students receive? You know, with your podcast, that's a virtual element. You have Facebook groups. You have, um, you know, you've been an educator uh, previously. And what do you think? You know, during this virtual requirement, what characteristics do you think will be most important for an online curriculum for these students? You know, these allied health students, these medical billers and coders, health information. Uh, managers of the future you know what what do you think okay so the 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 most important the most important uh characteristics or what do you think should be a requirement of these uh classes that are being taught virtually versus in person okay so Uh, let's start off with that so in person let's start off with the in person right so the in person from what i remember is student comes to class they sit down they have their books no computers you're the person um, with the PowerPoint. 
they have their books. Usually you come around to check their stuff, whatever it may be. Um, that is the in-person environment. Now, uh, I know most HIM schools or trade schools or medical coding schools, uh, they, they don't have the online option. Uh, unless you know for for education for uh, certificates for degrees you have to be on there unless for some reason uh, it is required like today especially with covid i think the most important thing that if transitioning to an online environment is to capture the same environment as if you were in person and the one characteristics that the characteristic that comes into mind is engagement. So how do you engage from uh, how do you get how do you tr- how do you transition your engagement level in an in-person environment to the engagement online? OK, and I, I think we just mentioned it. So the problem, though, is if you ask students what do they prefer? Do they prefer in-person or online? They're going to say in-person, right? Bar none. I've asked this question in my group in, in Medical Coding Geeks. Uh, they prefer it uh, in-person. Um, so especially when you're forced now, in, in especially with the corona pandemic, uh, how do you, how do you, you're forced to, to make it online. You're forced to take the engagement and bring it online. And so the question, I guess, what you have to kind of figure out or any institution, there's really no right answer, but you have to figure out how you're going to engage. And so uh, at least for me, uh, my experience in uh, doing speaking events, and again, that's why I said in the beginning, teaching is such a great foundation for any any professional, coding, HAM, CDI, nursing, whatever it may be. Because if you're going to speak on a stage, it's it's just like it's just like teaching, you know. It exactly is just like teaching. So this year alone, all like up through, gosh, up through starting February. February was my last uh, in Miami, uh, my last uh, in person uh, engagement, you know, speaking engagement. After that, everything has been virtual, uh, including HealthCon. Uh, including um, the state association, Florida uh, Florida Health Information Management Association, where I provided the keynote, and I was so excited to do that keynote. You know, it's like this was my first time doing a keynote. I was I was ready to um, I was ready to uh, well, my 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 keynote topic was about metal. Was about running, running a marathon, and running a marathon in relationship to your career. And so I had I'm going to show you. I have all these medals to bring them. Like I had all of this, all of these little Disney medals. See, I had oh, these yeah. medals. I was ready to go, man. I was ready. I, I have like six medals here. Um, <laughs> like here, I'll show it to you. Like here's here's the here's the marathon medal. Here's that medal. Here's this medal. And my my initial plan. Sorry, my initial plan for that keynote. Oh, sorry. Hold on. My initial plan for that keynote was to bring all those medals and lay it on the stage and then talk about it and have people take a look at it. I couldn't do that anymore. And that was taken away from me. And I think I, I really I was kind of disappointed. It was nothing in terms of uh, Fahima's fault, the conference, the association. It's nobody's fault. 
But I think, you know, when, when they turned it virtual, it's like, oh, like, oh, I want it. I want it to just do it. I, I have a passion with because when I let me tell you my style in terms of speaking, like it's the same way when I teach. I, I don't stand at the board. I'm always walking down the aisles and making sure that they're off their phones, stuff like that. You know, uh, I look yeah. the student in the eye. And that's what you have to bring toward the online environment. And how do you do that? Number one, um, good audio. Good audio. You can't have audio just like, you know, is that it sounds so far like this? You know, who's going to who's going to take you seriously? Right. Nobody's going to take you seriously. So um, when I did the HealthCon environment, when I did the HealthCon, um, the. the HealthCon, whatever, the my speaking session, number one, I had to make sure I had a good audio. I had this 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 plugged in. This is for, you know, podcasting specifically. Uh, it's an XLR input. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting you to understand that. Again, I have a right. mixer. Okay. Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> hot, top high notch stuff. Yeah. I have a camera. This camera here is 1080p. Um, when I saw you know, it's none of it's nobody's fault in terms of everybody that was there because everybody everybody was kind of caught off guard. They were using like 720p cameras and they look so pixelated and the and 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 etc. The the third thing is your environment, right? So like you got to make sure the lighting is right. So you have the light. You see the light is on my face. All of this stuff. Yeah. All of these nice little things. I make sure I close the background because if I open that up, it's gonna come to you. So like I'm gonna critique your environment, right? So your environment, you have that big light in the background there, and it's flashing right into the camera, right? So that that and it it overshadows your face. So. One thing that you can definitely learn is to bring the environment of classroom to the online environment. And so if you improve as a professional or even as an institution, you have to, you have to bring these things. Uh, you can't just have subpar audio. You can't have subpar video. You have to step up the game, especially if you're in the online environment. You need to have it like like right now. Uh, we talked about this with Victoria Mole's podcast is that you need to have quality to a point like gamers i don't know if you've seen if you flip on facebook right now right and there's a bunch of gaming channels like twitch there's discord there's uh i mentioned facebook um their quality is like 4k audio 4k you know 4k video uh high definition audio so it's to the point where you're broadcasting to a broadcast level so, like, if you bring up your game, your audio, your visuals, your background, really, ultimately, you package up your production value, uh, that will fix it. At least get it to a point that your, your students will take you seriously because they'll be able to uh, hear you better as if you were just there. That's what I want to bring to the table. Um, when I when I did the uh, Fahima conference, uh, it was pre-recorded. And I made sure, like a lot, a lot, a lot of the attendees, they didn't show their face. They didn't show their face. Why? Yeah. Why can't you show your face? Um, if, 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 and a lot of professionals are f- afraid of the camera, uh, but they'll do it, you know, they'll speak engagements, no problem, but they're afraid of this camera. And I, I, I have to work myself, I had to work myself to, to work to the camera. And these are things that I have to develop myself. I didn't want to show myself in the camera, but I felt 
when I did the keynote and when I pre-recorded it, that number one, I have to have the camera right here. Number two, I have to look right into the camera. I need to have my face there. I need to have good PowerPoint um, as if I was there, right? So that's one of the things that I have. So production level, you got to have it. Um, the next, so I mentioned engagement, right? So that's part of the engagement. Production value is number one. Number two is engagement. Um, if if you're teaching online, you're going to have to have, uh, for me, it has to be live, right? Has to be live. The students, the same way that they have to come to class, you have to re- reproduce that environment, right? So sometimes they have like, in you know, they have sometimes they have, um, you know, a lot of education institutions have pre-recorded material, right? And they just tell the person just log on online and just press play and just sit there. So yeah. that to me loses his engagement immediately. Even if you offer, uh, oh, if you have any questions, just email me. It, it, you just lost, you just lost the engagement level for that moment for that student. That's why I believe anything live is the best in terms of engagement. So if if this was an institution trying to scramble or or preparing themselves for an online environment, the live versus pre-recorded is a key. I think the live is is good for well the pre let me go back to pre-recorded. The pre-recorded is good for basic learning, right? Okay, please review this module and then the live session is let's talk about it. Let's see what you know. And I would have the student on the video the same way professionals need to be on video the student needs to be on video too now their video doesn't have to be like hd quality whatever it may be they can have the basic 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 you know but as an instructor one-on-one you want to make sure that they are comprehending the stuff that they learn so uh one of the things that i can mirror is uh florida right so i live in florida my students, well, not my students, my my kids, my kids, but my kids go to a Florida virtual school. FL, by the way, if you guys are wondering, flvs.net. So they were there for before the COVID, before the Corona. They were using this platform, and one of the things that they've done, you know, independently. That's something that we can be taught virtually is to teach yourself independently. If you have any questions, then you have the live environment. And I think the live environment is great. So with this, what my kids, which are my, which I'm their counselor, so that's why I call them students, um, they independently go through the modules. And regularly, the teacher will be monitoring their progress uh, to make sure that they're meeting their, you know, their their deadlines. So, like for example, by this week you have to have this amount done, and then every week let's schedule a what's called a or whatever a weekly session with the instructor. Okay, and so the instructor will then make sure that the student it's kind of like a verbal quiz, you know, making sure or you know just really a good checkup on the student, making sure hey. You know, do you know what you know? If you have any questions, could you tell me a little bit about this topic? They want to verbalize, verbalize versus, you know, that's why I don't like, you know, written tests. Written tests are great to a certain extent. But I think, as you mentioned, if they can't verbalize what they know, then they really don't know. Because (laughs) because if they if if they took a test next week, they're just going to forget. Right. 
So if you tell yeah. them, please explain to me what you know about modifier whatever twenty two. Uh, what do you, can you tell me about this specific uh, clinical condition such as CHF? Can it tell me? Tell me what do you know? Oh, I don't know. You sure you don't know? Let's work through the process. Let's start what you really know, and then let's kind of you know build the building build the process from there. Uh, so the number one thing for professionals is the production value for student and teacher uh relationship it's going to be the engagement so that's the answer to your first question it's a long-winded <laughs> one i told you it's going to be take 10 minutes each <laughs> but that's that's my answer to number one yeah you know it's funny you know with our trainings we learned asynchronous and synchronous mm -hmm. online learning so we're actually doing the synchronous online learning where there's live students here we're interacting the full class day as if we were in class mm -hmm. and you know you're, you're absolutely correct the key thing is engagement you know they don't want to have their video on you can't mm -hmm. really see what they're they're doing mm -hmm. you know they could be playing on their phone they could be gone you know but keeping them engaged and learning and that's what keeps them in their seat and online and you know ready and willing to learn so i definitely agree yeah the um it's funny Mm -hmm. I was going to say that the, the another word, another term or characteristic is accountability. So mm -hmm. for students, as you mentioned, you know, if they have their video off, you know, oh, yeah, I got it done. Or all, you know, are you sure? Then you have to make sure they're accountable on what they're understanding. So uh, in, surprisingly, in, in, a, in an online environment, it's much strict. It's a lot. It's a lot yeah. stricter because uh, if whatever platform that the institution is using, there's ways to see and monitor. Okay, they logged in this time. They logged in here. They went through this module. You know, and the, you could you could definitely monitor their progress online where you're at. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it's it's funny, you know, even with this online learning, I'm I'm learning things too. My yeah. my daughter, she does these coding classes mm -hmm. and learning JavaScript and all this stuff. And I had to call her down. I'm like, hey, how do I make like an infographic video? And she's, <laughs> she actually showed me. She was like, oh, go on Kind Master and do this, that, and that. And, and what is it? Cute something she was telling me mm -hmm. and, you know, helping me make my videos for class. And it just yeah. reminds me that, okay, this is the environment we're going to because my 10-year-old had to teach me mm -hmm. <laughs> how to make an infographic for my class. Yeah. You know, it's I could see like just the 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 shift with the next generation coming up. You know, this is where the world is going. These types of teaching and learning environments. Yeah, you make a good point, too, is the is the video. So the production value, the engagement, the account accountability, but then the production in terms of what you're going to be producing in terms of content. And so you're talking about videos. Yeah. So I think the, the old way has always been, has always been PowerPoint. But yeah. I think what I see, what I expect, what I'm expecting in the future is educators to become content creators and video producers. So, right. yeah, so you could, so if you're trying to, and that, I think that's what we need is like good content uh, producers utilizing the camera, utilizing media, utilizing animation. So you talk about coding and stuff like that. That's the stuff we were not taught when we were in school. Right. And so now I think 
if you're going to do education, you have to have in the back of your mind, hey, I need to get into things such as video editing, video producing, digital graphics, infographics, animation, and, and especially with the technology now and the software that we have, it makes it a little bit easier, but it's going to take some time. The same way, like like I mentioned in Victoria Mole's episode, I think, you know, when we try, you know, for people that are trying to do education online, I think YouTube is the best uh tool or a step stool that you can use to learn how to create good content uh because like like even at the fahima conference there was um there was one one presentation that was not powerpoint it was mostly like production video so it was like broken videos into it in, cut into different pieces and he just put it all together and you just look that's my presentation for a conference <laughs> a video not a presentation a video a full produced video yeah that's that's amazing you know think back us i i definitely wasn't looking into coding when i was in high school and had my pager yeah. like <laughs> we didn't have <laughs> anything as impressive as what's going on now so technology is definitely up there and you know it's it and like you said you know engagement i think it helps with engagement when you can look at something move around and pop up on the video Mm -hmm. instead of just a a teacher talking in what would be a a podium but now we're just you just see my online face no Mm -hmm. movement Mm -hmm. you know no walking around the classroom tapping people on the shoulders hey you know you should you got to pay attention so yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, and I think if you create good content, you'll capture their attention, right? So yeah. I think that in order, in the, when you're away from the actual uh, face-to-face environment, to capture their attention, you have to have really good content. If you're losing the attention of your audience, you got to really sit back and think and reevaluate the content that you're giving your students. So there you have it. That is the interview with me by Jacqueline Taylor. Again, thank you, Jacqueline, for doing this and participating in this impromptu podcast episode. So please stay tuned for next week as I answer questions two, three, four, and five. Thank you guys for listening, and we will come back next week. MedicalCodingGeek.com